Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So the more that I journey through this thing called life, I am absolutely recognizing that as we live life forward, we only truly gain the wisdom and the experience required reflecting backward. So you're living Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but you're only really honing in on skills and adjusting what needs to be adjusted in your life by reflecting on what happened yesterday, last week in a healthy realm. And as much as I talk about journey in life and, you know, what we should be doing and, and giving some key pointers, I am very cognizant that that is not something that is in a user guide manual somewhere outside of the Bible. And I'm very aware that everyone is not reading the Bible. So I like to take really practical things and say, you know what, let's break this down to the elemental P. So I had a devotional that sparked a series of thinking and just rabbit trails that I didn't really have enough time to really hone in on it because it was just like rapid fire. So I just picked up the phone, called you, and was like, let's see what God's going to do, shall we? Because, <laughs> you know, I t- I'll call you talking about one thing, and the- by the time we done, I'm like, and that is why UFOs. Like, what? How did she get there? Like, I don't know. Let the Lord use me, okay? And I don't want to be interrupted. Okay, we in a church service in my head, and this is how we commune, you know, we congregate, and this is what's happening. So I read Luke chapter 2, which is the infamous Jesus decided that he was going to stay back while his parents went abroad. And I want to read it, and then I want to go ahead and dissect what I feel like came from that. So Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to start at verse 42. It says, when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. 43. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first. Shade 44. Because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up later that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. 45. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. 46. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. 47. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. 48. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. 49. But why did you need to search? He asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? 50. But they didn't understand what that meant. 51. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and he was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. 52. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Now, you know, I read in the NLT version because I feel like it's the shadiest. Like, what you mean they didn't know that he wasn't with them because they didn't miss him? I feel like the Bible be slipping in low-key shade, and I like to catch it, so I read in the NLT version. Here's my thing. How is it that, and this is just going to be a candid situation because you know I can't speak no other way outside of just being free. 
How is it that Mary, knowing how important and how vital Jesus was to the world, was so careless in protecting that? She knew on the onset of her pregnancy that you are carrying the Messiah, the Savior of the world. His name will be Jesus. And she got the rundown of, ma'am, your pregnancy will be the pregnancies of all pregnancies from now until the days are ended. Like you are carrying something so perfection. Like you don't even know. At this point, um, like, yeah, your name's going to ring bells all over the labor and delivery room for, for many years to come. And she said, when she responded back to the angel and he told her that, her thing was like, wow, you know, she accepted it with honor. But why is it that you didn't protect it with honor? Jesus wasn't a regular child. It's not someone that you're like, okay, well, you know, he'll catch up. When you have the instruction on how vital a thing is, you must protect it, guide it, and nurture it to that high of a standard. This is the equivalent of going to a family cookout and you like, all right, y'all get your coats and stuff. We getting ready to go. And you go ahead and get in your car and you see that Jesus is not in the car with you, but you just assume that you know, the people who came with you, like the other two cars, he's probably in one of those cars. And then when you go ahead and do your little pit stop, you're like, mm. later on that evening, realizing he's not here. Okay. Um, what just happened? And the fact that you have to then try to go through people like, is he with you? G Jesus, is he with y'all? No, he's not. Okay. And looking around just shows that there was a carelessness in the way that she carried out the instruction of you are carrying the messiah do you know how infrequent traveling and just all inconvenient her pregnancy was i mean ma'am you had to give birth in a major like yeah like this thing was it was crucial let me explain something to you and we do a real better job of looking at somebody else's situation and say oh i would have just would but there's no way that God could have told me, hey, this is the one child that's going to save many people um, in the entire world. Uh, God bless you. His name needs to be Jesus. Y'all be good. Good night. And leave. And me not feel like for the duration of his life, he going to have to be in a bubble. I'm sorry. No, he's going to have to be in a bubble. He's going to have to wear an astronaut suit at all times because he cannot be scratched, nothing. We cannot afford, not on my watch. Like God can't come back to me and be like, bro, you had one job. You had one job. Why is it, okay, that Jesus is, and I don't want to have to stutter to God, like, because Jesus is a boy, and you know how boys be jumping off of stuff? and Like, no, Jesus can't get a chipped tooth on my watch. <laughs> you understand? Jesus can't get bit by a pit bull because he was playing knock-knock, go get him, whatever, outside with his friend. Jesus is not playing in the mud and the worms, and he's not, no, you're not doing any of that. We can't afford for you to get nobody's flu, hmm? Yeah, you need to be getting all your vaccinations because we just got to make sure that this thing is carried out for two, full term. Not full term of my pregnancy, full term for when God feels like, okay, let me go ahead and um, execute this messianess now. So at 12, 22, 32, I would have been all over it like, mm, I know I treat him a little bit different than the rest of the kids, but you got to understand, uh, an angel came to me, okay, and said, this is what, so I'm clear on what this pregnancy is. And so I, I was real like, how careless. But you know what? 
I think we're a little bit more like Mary than we like to admit to. Like how many times has God told you that's the person that I want you to go speak to? That's the go to this person and say A, B, and C. This is the person that I want you to be with. This is the person that is going to, I'm going to touch their heart so that they can hire you for this position. This is the house. This is the apartment. This is the car. This is the avenue. This is the state that I want you to travel to. This is the, this is a, when did you stop and realize that the excitement that you had when God revealed it to you, it kind of fizzled as the time went by? Because I'm sure that the first couple of years, Mary was on it. She was showerproof in the tent. You understand? She was making sure that it was what it needed to be. But then, like, maybe around 10, 11, 12, it was like, hmm. She didn't even miss him. She, she didn't even realize he was gone. She didn't even have in her maternal instinct enough to go back to see. Before we start heading all the way back, can I go ahead and just make sure that Jesus is with one of y'all before I go ahead and journey on? Because I still remember the responsibility that I have and the calling that's on this child. You get real excited about that job in the beginning. You recognize that it's God. You recognize that there's no other way that you could have gotten this because you didn't have the experience, the credentials, or, you know, the the, the hiring pool was just that particularly um, aggressive and competitive that it was like, this has to be God. You don't understand. Like, and you knew it, and you were good. You would come to work on time. You were doing what needs to be done, and then maybe around a couple of months, close to a year, you're clocking in kind of late. You know, you starting to gossip a little bit, you know, not nothing too heavy, just enough to keep, you know, whatever's going on. You starting to pass along inappropriate instant messages or emails. And, and it's like, wait a minute, did you forget that there's a calling on this assignment and that so it has to be carried out and structured a certain way? You can't be the average worker when you know that you have been blessed and assigned to something, everyone else may treat it like a job, but it is actually your assignment. There is something that God has that you will be able to execute with such an excellence that he knew I have to hire you to put you here, maybe to change the environment, maybe to open up someone's eyes who may not be able to see things the way that you have been blessed to see it. So there's an assignment and here you are treating it like it's a regular job. Maybe the same way that Mary treated Jesus like he was a regular child. No, a regular child, absolutely positively. One of y'all go get go get Pookie and tell him that. You understand? Go go get Tay Tay and tell him that, well, you make sure you get your brother. You make sure that somebody else is taking care of that. But when you understand that this is a God assignment, no, this thing needs to be with me at all times. I, I need to be held I need an accountability on this situation. And just like Mary. You can be traveling down a road, treating something like it's regular, maneuvering through this thing called life, and then you get that first inkling. You're like, hmm. First you're assuming that, you know, the road that you're taking, Jesus is with you. Maybe you've decided, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and start navigating through this particular assignment this way. And then you realize later on, like, I don't really think that... um, (laughs) That on fireness that I had, that kind of like whatever that trajectory was that I had in the beginning of it, I don't really have that right now. And wherever you start to feel that coldness, because I'm a fond believer that when the heat of Jesus is gone, 
there's a coldness and a kind of it's a roominess that's a little bit uncomfortable it's not as snug and assuring as it was a few moments ago a few decisions ago and whenever you start feeling that the wisest thing that you must do is go back to where you last knew for sure that Jesus was there she could have checked anywhere else she could have been like, go check the bathroom, go sit. She could, but she said, I know for sure the last time that I saw him was Jerusalem. So let me go ahead and go back to there. And sometimes, unfortunately, when we waste our time, that's exactly what we have to do. We have to then go back to where we knew Jesus was. So if you left the job and said, okay, I'm going over here and it was and God didn't say leave, and it wasn't your time to leave, guess what? You're going to probably have to go back to that situation. There are some things that we try to run from, navigate by ourselves, do some stuff, and God is like, "Mm mm-mm. And the one thing that I want us to start recognizing is stop assuming the way that Mary did that Jesus is with you. Stop assuming, making a decision first, and then you figure out later, oh, Jesus wasn't in that decision at all. <laughs> yeah, that that's not, oh, I'm sorry. He's not with you, and he's not with you. That's a waste of time. And a lot of people are treating their lives like that. I'm just going to go ahead and, and start living life, you know, preceding Jesus? Time out. Because as far as I'm concerned, the Israelites, they were led by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. So that means that God was always in front of them leading. I don't ever want to get to the point that I become the pillar by day and the fire by night trying to be in front of the Lord. Oh, no. That is not how I want this to go down. Please don't. And that's exactly what a lot of us are falling victim to. Did you check in on your decision with God to see if that was him? Or did you go ahead and make a decision and come back and say, God, can you go ahead and bless this? Like you deemed that old boy was your, was your husband. You deemed that old girl was your wife. And you went ahead and, and started living that particular lifestyle and then went back to God when things kind of didn't feel right or, you know, there was some turbulence in the situation. you like, God, can you bless that? Oh, now you're coming back for me. You got to be real careful on when you go ahead and just jump ship and make these decisions. And then you, when you realize that you're drowning, you go back to God and you're like, lifesaver, please. But I could have saved your life if you would have came to me to make the decision with me. I, I don't hold no secrets from my children. God said clearly in the Bible all throughout. He's not speaking in parables where you like, I just don't understand calculus to the point that he, like he's giving me these, these equations and I don't understand it. If you just go to God, like the Bible clearly says, if you ask, you shall receive. If you knock, the door will be open. Like there is nothing that is hidden. So if you come to him and you say, hey, what path should I choose? The Bible says in Proverbs 3 that he will make your path straight. Like, you know, don't lean on your own, own understanding. He'll go ahead and do it for you. All you got to do is come to him and he'll give you the information. You just got to execute. Like, oh my gosh, it's so clear. And then here you are in your life trying to go ahead and make these decisions by yourself. And then you come back to him and you like, this is too hard. And he's like, I didn't give you that equation. I didn't give you that man. No, I didn't give you that woman. No, you chased money. That's why you applied for that job. And I'm trying to get you to chase purpose. 
Very sorry. No, I know you wanted to look like, oh, I'm in Hollywood. You moved to L.A. I ain't tell you nothing about nobody's L.A. So now you out there and you like, God, it's hard to survive out there. Yeah, because I'm not with you. So now what you're going to have to do, probably come back home where Jesus was. You're going to have to go back to the last place that you knew for sure Jesus was. And you're going to have to retract your steps. And you're going to have to recant some statements that you made. You know, I ain't coming back home. And, you know, um, if if this one ain't it for me, this man is not it for me. If this woman ain't it for me, that's it. I'm done. I ain't doing it no more. Like, you're going to go ahead and put such a confirmational, concrete statement on something. And never once did you go on the onset and ask God, is this it? Yeah, be careful with that. But I didn't just want to jump on Mary to the fullest extent. Like, how did you not know that he was not with you? I went ahead and saw something else in Luke 24. And I was like, bro, what part of the game? I don't understand. So to give you some background, this is when the resurrection was occurring. And, you know, there was a huge sadness all throughout. Like, people was just like, bro, I mean, they did Jesus dirty. This is too much. So Luke 24, you know, that I read in the NLT version again, Verse 13, I want to start there, and it's the walk to Emmaus. So 13 says, that same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. 14, as they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. 15, as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. 16, But God kept them from recognizing him. 17. He asked them, What are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. 18. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. 19. What things? Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. 20. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. 21. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. 22. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning, and they came back with an amazing report, 23. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive, 24. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said, 25. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scriptures? 26. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? 27. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. 28. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on. 29. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. 30. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. 31. Suddenly, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. 32. 
They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? 33. And within the hour, they were on their way to back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who gathered with them. 34. Who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Stop. <laughs> stop. 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 Just DJ scratch. Um, it's one thing to be like Mary, to travel and assume that Jesus is with you and then realize pretty early on, a little bit too late, but early on that mm, he's not here and go back and find him. It's a completely different thing to be traveling with Jesus, to converse with Jesus, to be in the, have Jesus in the midst of you and what you're doing and you don't even recognize it. Now I give them a pass because God, the Bible says that God stopped them in verse 16, but God kept them from recognizing them. But I feel like that is the epitome of what the Bible articulates as faith. Yeah, you didn't recognize him with your, with your eyes, but you definitely recognized him with your heart. Because they clearly said in verse 32, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? The Bible says that faith is the absence of things seen. Pretty much we are to be walking by faith and not by sight. So they knew that there was something different about this man. This man is speaking about scriptures and I'm feeling something in my heart that I haven't felt in a long time outside of this sadness and this grief for all the things that were happening in Jerusalem. So they were so burdensome on what was going on in their lives and the sadness that they felt that even when their hearts were confirming to them, the spirit man was confirming to them, you are in the midst of Jesus. They still overrode that by what they were able to see. And I believe in my heart that that is why when they finally broke the bread with Jesus and they went ahead and ate and then their eyes were open, Jesus disappeared because that's not faith. Jesus doesn't want you to believe because you see it. He needs you to believe because you feel something in you, in your unctioning, in your spirit, man, in your heart that says no I know I don't see it but I believe it there's something I can't explain it to y'all and you know the disciples they explained it as their heart burning and that was a proverbial kind of explanation your heart doesn't literally burn but there's something that is happening on the inside that you got to say okay I know the external doesn't look like this I know that all the the equations don't add up to the but I am telling you that I know that I know that I'm supposed to go ahead and make this next move and you can't explain it to no one no one can't try to talk you out of it because there is this burning in you that's like listen, I know I'm supposed to start this business. I know that I'm supposed to make this room. Yeah, I know that this is supposed to, it's going to be looking scary and I don't know how you're going to do it because your kids are young, your marriage is young. I don't know how you're going to do it with that little bit of money. I don't know how, I don't know how, but something in you is burning in the inside that feels the equivalent to your heart burning the way that the disciples did when Jesus is there and you better take heed and take hone into it because when Jesus is there, you better walk with him. If the disciples did not go ahead and and beg Jesus to stay the night with them to break bed because it was getting late, they would have never had the experience of recognizing, oh, my goodness, that was Jesus. They started off on their journey sad. 
you know, kind of in a gluesome kind of role. Their posture was just like, you know, they just lost they, they, they ace boom. You understand? They right-hand man is gone. Like, the religious leaders did them dirty. Or, you know, pour something out for Jesus is how they was feeling. You got somebody coming alongside, like, what y'all talking about? You're like, you're the only one probably don't know what's going on. And so you give them a little snapshot because you don't have time because you're so into your feelings that you like, look, take this real quick. They did this, 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 and this, and this happened three days ago. Have a nice day. Leave us alone. But there had to be something about that man that you were like, no, you don't have to go that way. Like, come break bread with us. I think that's a huge reason why a lot of us miss out on what God has. It's not faith because you see the dollar amount in your account and now you're like, okay, now I'm going to make this this next move. It's not faith that you can actually see the wedding day and you're like, okay, now I'm going to go ahead and give him my own believe that God sent this man to me. It's not faith that once you get the baby and you get ready to name that, you know, now you believe God for this baby. No, 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 doesn't work like that. Because if your eyes got to be open in order for you to see something, you're going to miss Jesus every time. Because there's going to be times, as you see, that God is going to go ahead and do some stuff with your sight, but he's going to allow you to fill some things through your spirit. And you need to be able to di- differentiate between, no, this is a God thing. I know it. I can't explain it, but I know it. No, you know what? And I know that it probably don't look like, and, you know, this is no time to be chipper because, you know, my situation is... It's not ideal. You know, the, the disciples wasn't in a f- new friend-making mode. You know, they, they were mourning someone that they cared about, that they were in travel with and in ministry with for three years. Nothing about that says I want to make new friends and start talking about what's happening. You know, you don't want to talk about someone that you lost that early on, and you got to speak about what happened three days ago. You don't want to do that. And so we have to get out of the place that you're getting into this posture where you're so weighed down on what's happening to you that your external events is so much pouring in into you that you can't identify your internal calling of oh my goodness this is God this is a God thing I know it's not ideal for you to leave that job after that many years, but I feel like I'm supposed to be. I know that you want to go ahead and stay in this natural posture and respond to what's happening externally, but do you not feel what's happening in your heart internally? And I hate the fact that after Jesus left, the disciples looked at each other and was like, matter of fact, our hearts were burning when he was talking about scripture. That's when you knew Jesus was with you? After your eyes confirmed it, why didn't you know that there was something different, at least in what you were feeling when you were talking about scripture? Why didn't you identify it then? Why didn't that conversation go a lot like, sir, I don't know who you are, but up until the time that I started speaking to you about scripture and and these things of Moses, uh, I've been feeling sad, but speaking to you, it, it did something different. It's doing something different in me. I would have at least accepted that, and I'm sure God would have too, accepted that as a faith move. Like, at least you're recognizing and that you're not walking by sight. You're actually walking by faith this time. I want you to be more cognizant on when you're speaking to people and you feel a shift that doesn't match your external. You ever speak to someone and you like, I have no idea why I'm starting to feel this reft up feel this encouraged, 
feel this inspired feel like I just want to run hit the ground running I don't know what it is that every time I speak to you there's just a sunshine in the inside and I know this job is whack and I know that you know the living situation is terrible but every time I commune with this person every time that I commune about this topic something happens on the inside of me that I can't really explain it but I'm gonna start stop looking at it like oh okay yeah that was a burning in my heart and I'm gonna look at it like it was a God thing and I need you to lean in on that and say God what are you trying to show me what are you trying to teach me and help me to see it help me to see it so that I can go ahead and hone into it because I don't want you to show it to me later because at that point it's over if you got to show me it with my eyes and that means that I'm missing it in the spiritual realm and I know that you said it if I lose something in heaven that it has to come to pass on earth and if I bind something on earth then it is bounded on in heaven and I believe that you bind things in heaven when you have to see it with your eyes we can't see heavenly things with our eyes and I feel like that's what a bible scripture says exactly that you whatever is bound in heaven is bound on earth whatever you loose in heaven is loose in earth meaning you got to do some stuff in a realm that you can't see which is the heavenly realm to receive some stuff that you can see in the earthly realm so how are you living are you living backwards where God has to break bread with you open your eyes and then you believe or are you going to go ahead and work in a spiritual realm when you do what needs to be done there you start loosening that job God I loose that job in the name of Jesus that is coming to me and that I know that I'm going to have the amount that I've been asking for to do the things that I want to do on earth I'm loosing it in heaven so that I can receive it on earth in the name of Jesus I'm loosing my husband I'm loosing my spiritual wife I'm loosing all of those things that are for me all those blessings that are stored up because of I'm talking about the ones that my ancestors didn't get because of a lack of knowledge and they probably perished and didn't go ahead and know how to tap in to get their blessing. Well, but I know how to get my blessing. I know how to go ahead and start making this thing come to pass. I know what needs to be done. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to loose that thing in heaven and I'm going to make it so that it's on earth. Once you go ahead into another realm and do something you've never done so you can receive some stuff you never received. Outside of Jesus appearing to them boys, the disciples, in the locked room, upper room, what have you, nobody else can't say that Jesus walked with them. Why don't you go ahead and start maximizing those experiences where you like, bro, I got to say something you probably ain't even going to believe me. I wouldn't believe it if I, if I didn't experience it myself. But I have to just go ahead and just summarize it as this. I know that this next move is God. It's probably not going to make no sense. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do A, B, and C. Because when them disciples came back, all of them saw, saw Jesus. All of them did. But how did they report that? Jesus revealed himself to Peter. Oh. So we just going to go ahead and just execute the fact that y'all experienced that too? Didn't he break bread with all of y'all? Didn't the Bible says that uh, when God, when you gave when he gave them the bread, that that's when they went ahead and opened their eyes and then that's when Jesus disappeared? So is it that y'all didn't want to go ahead and take on the burden of like, we saw him too, but we didn't, we didn't recognize him. So I don't really want to take that part of it. So I'm going to just say, uh, he revealed himself to Peter or was it that Peter's faith was so strong that he was like, y'all can say what y'all want. <laughs> you can call it what you want. I know it probably sounds crazy because three days ago, y'all went to the tomb. Nobody ain't see him. You saw some angels. Then Mary said what she 
she said it, and I know y'all were looking at her like she Mary just she be saying stuff. And I know that probably looks like that, but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you Jesus revealed himself to me, okay? And I know that it don't look like how you want it to look like, but yeah, buddy was walking with us. He went ahead and broke bread with us and then he disappeared. No, I don't have no proof. No, I didn't take a selfie. Nope, he didn't go ahead and tweet and at me. But I'm letting you know that it happened. And if you don't take nothing else but my word, I'm gonna go ahead and store this this particular landmark in my heart and in my soul so that if it ever comes to a moment again where there's a moment for me not to believe or there's a moment for me to pay more attention to my external than what I believe in my internal I'm gonna go back to this landmark to this altar in my soul and I'm going to remember remember what Jesus did that one time where I shouldn't believe but I know that I did and this is the result of it that's why I believe in the old days when the Israelites would go ahead and have these memorial moments. They were like, you know what? Stop. Let's just go ahead and build the altar real quick. Y'all take that rock. I'm going to take a little bit of these pebbles and we're going to call this. And they would go ahead and name the altar because you, there has to be times in your life that you remind yourself, no, no, no. I know for a fact that I know that I know that Jesus did a thing here. And if nobody else believes it, I'm going to go ahead and make this mark right here in this land to remind me you remember that time <laughs> you remember that time he split the red sea you remember that time he let um, manna rain from heaven you remember that time so it has to be times in your life that you remind yourself no i know that i know and i'm gonna stop traveling in a way that looks like mary well, I'm traveling without God, and then I have to waste time to go back to where God was in order to make sure that I'm aligned with God. And I'm going to stop traveling like the disciples in this thing called life, where I can feel something shift in the inside of me, but I'm so weighed down by what's happening outside of me, my circumstances, my job, my finances, my whatever, that I don't hone into the fact that, oh my goodness, this is Jesus. And I hate the fact that once Jesus sees how little my faith is, then that's when he has to disappear because where there's little faith God can't do a big thing we have to do stuff different so my challenge to you because you know what these conversations are they are life-provoking conversations conversations that everybody's not going to have with you that I'm gonna call pick up the phone and I'm gonna go in your mail and we're gonna read it together okay the challenge is I want you to identify between the scale of Mary losing Jesus and having to go all the way back to the disciples knowing and not honing in and not knowing where are you like, I want you to realistically pinpoint, you know what? I'm probably on a scale from that to that. I'm probably right there, a little bit closer to the disciples. Because I have had some times where I'm like, yo, and I know it don't make sense and I can't explain it. So it's going to sound real weird. Like, didn't our hearts burn when we were talking about the scripture? I don't even know how hot burn feels outside of acid reflux. But, you know, we don't really understand that part. Or, you know, I was just so confident, like Mary, that, you know, I got this Jesus thing down pack. I've been raising him for 12 years. Like, I, I know what to do. You know, I kept them intact this whole entire time that you don't realize, oh, you, you can get careless in how you handle a God thing. Can we get to a point that we realize the only way to travel is to be in sync with God? Whether that's handling a God thing the way that he wants you to handle it or recognizing a, a God thing when it's internally alarming in your spirit realm, in your spirit man. So this is a self-reflection type of journeying. What sense does it make to journey in life 
if you're missing some key moments that would change your life forever. If she would have lost Jesus and never found him again, where would we have, where would we all be? Seriously. If the disciples wasn't able to turn that lack of faith for a brief moment to a testimony, you know, would Peter have been so strong in his faith to go out and be the cornerstone that he was supposed to be? Don't know. But when we miss God, we miss a vital portion of our journey. And traveling alone in this thing called life is by far the scariest thing that anyone can ever do. The real way to stay woke is make sure that your spirit man is always connected. Whether that's you reading a Bible, I don't care if you don't know Genesis all the way to Revelation, get you a devotional, stay plugged up. Because the one thing that all of these people were missing was that they were not plugged in spiritually as they needed to be. They were so wrapped up in their external environments that they didn't catch, oh my goodness, Jesus is not with us no more. Or, oh my goodness, like the disciples, Jesus is with us. Do not be disconnected. You cannot afford it. So I feel like you got what you needed. I need you to go ahead and do whatever God impressed upon your heart to go ahead and maximize on. And as my good, good nanny says, all right, I ain't going to hold you. Later.